Welcome everybody to episode 25 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. Uh, this episode is entitled The Norseman. My name is Al Goldeneye Unicorn, and I am hoping on the other end of this microphone I will have... Bill from Arash's Cards. I don't know if I'm at the other end of the microphone. Uh, am I? Is this, is this like uh, tin cans and strings to you? Like just something, you, something, you and I? Something <laughs> you and I? A, a very, very long string uh, down to your neck of the woods. If it was that, it would be a lot more reliable as we discover from time to time. <laughs> Yeah, um, bullshit technology. It is bullshit technology. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome, rookie coaches. Uh, as I said, episode twenty-five, the Norseman. And uh, if you've not been living under a rock these past weeks, uh, you'll know that the the Norse team are coming back, and they're coming back in a what looks to be a really good shape. Those miniatures are looking pretty hot from Games Workshop. Yes, yes, they are. I big, like them. Big fan. Um, although we both own the Norse team by, what was the company that makes them? Hungry Troll. Hungry Troll, that's right. We both own the Hungry yes. Troll uh, team. And I have to say, their miniatures are also fantastic. And um, I I don't know, I'm kind of struggling. If I buy GW team, what do I do with my Hungry Troll team? Who I'm completely yeah, I, think there's a, I think there's enough scope to have more than one Norse team. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't know. I think you're right. I I um I I think uh, the lad who runs Hungry Tro uh, Troll has uh, sort of expressed that he is making a booster pack for the the Hungry Troll team to bring it in line with the rules changes. Uh, so I, I will I will purchase that uh, when it appears. Uh, but I will probably also pick up the GW team at some point as well. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to follow you down that path. Yeah, they, they look really nice. Um, I think uh, we'll, we'll get into positionals and stuff like that um, when we chat about them in the rookie coaches section. But uh, yeah, I, I like the way I like the way they're going with it. It's good, good stuff. But as you said, yeah, we'll cover that in the third section for the rookie coaches, and we'll um, gush a little bit more over how much uh, we like the Norse. Or we might not like the Norse, that could be a lie. Or who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but first of all, we better delve into um, on the games front, because last episode we promised to talk a lot, because a lot has happened in between then and now, and it's probably best that you start, to be fair. Yeah, so obviously... Um, I think last time we mentioned I was heading to UKTC with uh, the two guys, one dice cup team. Um, I won't go too too much into depth with that just now because uh, we're we're having a separate podcast about that. Um, so there'll be a separate episode winging its way to you in the next couple of weeks as well about UKTC. Um, so it was good, fantastic tournament, great. Um, like you know, every time we've well, every time I've been, it's been well run, and it's been a good laugh, and it didn't fail to uh, live up to the hype again. You know, it's it's been great. I'm glad I've um, I know I've been twice myself in the past, and uh, 
maybe even three times. I can't really remember. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, each and every time, though. I think I think you've been twice. I've been four times now. That was Is my that fourth four, one. Four times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The years fly past. I know it's been. It, I. Um, it's like I say, it's one of my favourite tournaments. So uh, it's always one I'll try to go to if I'm available. Uh, but yeah, that that was the that was the main that was my in-person hobbying uh, on a tournament level. I um, have played my first league game of the season in person um, as well this, since our last podcast. You, is this you still using the vampires? Yeah, running the well. It's the first um, run out for the vampires in the league itself. Uh, I've played a friendly or two yep. with them, but uh, yeah. Um, Aye, it was a it was a good game. Um, there was a lot of bullshit. <laughs> it was quite. It was just one of these really really funny games. Uh, I think I was uh, messaging you at the time uh, when it was all going off because uh, um, in the first half, um, so I was playing. I was playing a guy called Phil Dixon in our league, uh, who is his NAF name is Doc Green. Obviously, Dixon of Doc Green. Uh, I think Doc Green was his nickname when he was a kid. Yeah, that that ages him. So if you've got a, a rough idea how old he is, he's uh, he's not exactly a spring chicken. Um, but uh, he uh, he's a, a a good laugh to play against. He's one of these people that um, he's not conventional <laughs> when it comes to blood bowl, uh, but in a good way. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever had a game against him. Where something crazy's not happened, uh, like he's just one of these guys that uh, he likes leaning into the batshit stuff. Um, so yeah, he uh, he and I were playing. So he was running, um, oh, what are they called, um, dark elves. Uh, so he's he's got a, a slightly developed dark elf team because he's played. I think it's one or this this is maybe a second uh, event of this of the league this season um after a bit of a hiatus so he's back in the in the games as well so his dark elf team was looking better than my absolute virgin vampire team um first half i think about two two or three uh turns in uh he, i was kicking to him because i having played vamps a wee bit now they're a much better team defensively than they are offensively um uh, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I decided to kick to him. Um, the ball went quite deep. He brought it forward. Um, a couple of turns in, he'd already KO'd like two of my players. I'd cash one of my own players with a, a failed uh, animal savagery. Um, but then some magic happened. I got, uh, <laughs> I got the ball uh, after doing a um hypno gaze dodging uh dodging through another tackle zone two dice in the ball uh carrier um and then picked up the ball and ran away i got all the way towards the end zone and then he managed to dodge away a few players and one dice powed me uh and stunned me if 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 he hadn't stunned me I was getting up, blitzing, 
on a two plus, picking up, uh, dodging out on a two plus, picking up the ball on a two plus and scoring. So he had to stun me at least. Yeah. Uh, and so of course he stuns me, and he'd been breaking armor pretty much every other time he rolled dice. It was all like tens and and stuff on the armor, and um, I think I had like five or six players off by the end of uh, the first uh, um, first half. Um, but need, needless to say, things got a little bit better in the second half. Uh, he kicked to me. I scored uh, very quickly, which was my uh, my thought process was right. If I can score quickly, I'm getting back on defence again, um, so I'll feel more comfortable and I can pressure him a bit more. Uh, so I did I did just that and uh, went one nil up, and then um, turned him over again. And then scored a second one, and then he managed to get a consolation right near the end, uh, and it finished two one. But man alive, what a game! There's so much shenanigans. Um, so that's me. I've played uh, technically two games with the Vamps in the league now, except that friendly, um, and won one and drawn one. So quite quite happy with that um, that result. Unfortunately, I've got dwarves next week. So that will be a very different um, proposition, I'm sure. Yeah, at the mo- who's, uh, uh, who's dwarves? Kilted, Kilted Kiwi, friend of the podcast, Kilted Kiwi's uh, dwarves. Uh, he's lost quite a few games uh, this season. He's, uh, I think, he's uh, underestimated the quality of the Aberdeen league a little, and uh, is getting bummed left, right, and centre. Um. I think he's uh, not had as easy a job as he thought he was going to have with the Dwarves. Um, as he's sitting on at the moment, he's played seven games. He's won two, drawn two, lost three. So he's not uh, he's not having having an easy an easy run of it. He's sitting mid table at the moment. So he's got a game against um, uh, Spooner um, that was due to happen last week, but. Happens on Monday. Uh, unfortunately, Sean had uh, COVID, and now he's testing negative. That uh, they should be able to sneak that game in before uh, Dave and I are due to play on Wednesday as well. Okay. So, so yeah, that that should be fun. Uh, well, it won't be um, unless unless I can pull off some shenanigans again and get the uh, the animal savagery uh, under control and the hypnogazing working. Um, I'm expecting that to be a tough, a very tough game. Uh, outside of that, the other, the only other game I've played was my um, snail cup um, game uh, on Fumble. So that's the one game a month Scottish league. Uh, I'm running Tomb Kings on that, um, and I played. I think I played one game last time uh, we spoke about this. Uh, I've now played three games. So the first game I won against um, Lizardmen. I went through that. The second game was a one-one draw against uh, Dwarves, which was I was quite happy with, considering I only had one block on the team yeah. at the time. And then uh, I played um, against Nurgle last week. Um, 
and one one nil, which I was quite happy about. Again, that was always going to be a game of uh, can can I pick up the ball uh, and can I score and can I stop you from scoring? Yep. And uh, th- that was the game both of us were playing. And, and unfortunately for him, uh, things were working for me and didn't work for him. So I'm I'm currently sitting in second place in the league after three games. There's a few there there's still a few games to go in this round. Uh so I think there's one player who can go above me depending on result. Uh but I I I've not, not not been doing too bad. Uh I have scored zero casualties over three games though. Not for one to try in. And I've had uh Tomb Guardians cashed on multiple occasions, you know, like uh, not not even just skeletons and stuff like that. Um, thankfully, they've regened, but man alive. Um, yeah, so that, that's it. That's it for me on the games front. I know you've been busy. What have you been up to? Oh, mate. I've been thinking how to approach this in the podcast. Because <clears throat> as I said to the, the listeners last time out, I... Uh, I would have attended two tournaments in between then and now, and I have attended two tournaments. Uh, so I think the best place to start was the run-up. I had A lot of my gaming had been centered around um, community stuff, introductory sort of beginner walkthrough type games of bolt action, uh, you know, running my, my gaming days at Common Ground Games in Stirling. Um, so into the new year uh, a lot of my sort of competitive gaming edge had dropped off so a week before the first tournament uh, which was held up in Aberdeen uh, you know your neck of the woods and my old stomping ground I arranged mm-hmm. a competitive practice game uh, against a Blipple player a guy called Ant Purdy uh, Perdindas I believe is his NAF name Hi that guy yep and I took a list that it wasn't the list I was going to be running at the event. I don't know why that was. Maybe I hadn't locked in at that point. But it was a list that I had taken to the Nations Cup, the team event down in England that I went to last year. Um, so it was a it was a list I was well versed with, um, an American list, and I had five wins and a loss down there. So you know, I I, I knew what to do with it. Um, and during this game, I got absolutely spanked to, on, on all levels of gamemanship. Uh, I was defeated, and it really it was quite grounding, you know, to take such a bad loss. It wasn't, couldn't pin it down to, you know, some bad dice rolls. You know, my dice rolls, they weren't great, but they weren't terrible. Um, so I have to give credit to my opponent. He played well. Uh, made good decisions and you know I really think that the problem was with me uh, and how how my gameplay was so I chewed on that game for about a week trying to work out what it was I was doing that was different to what I'd done in the past because uh, the army list I had was proven as a winner and it was a proven as a winner with me using it, so it wasn't a, you know, wasn't that uh, my opponent I know was playing well. Um, 
but I know that Ant will, will happily admit um, I'm a better player than him. Because uh, at the end of it, he reminded me or pointed out to me that was the first time he'd ever beaten me. And, you know, congratulations to him. But it really made me stop to think um, about what I was doing. Uh, so to Aberdeen, it was a one-day event, three games. There was a few limitations on the army selection, but I went. I, I took my um, a German army from my collection. Uh, and this is also the first round of the, the, the first tournament that will contribute to the Scottish Bull Action Championship. And I might touch on that later, you know, in future episodes. Um, it was three games, and I think there was 18 players that made it all the way north. Like, there were some local players there, but extremely well run away. And it was in the old British Legion uh, pub, club, uh, in the the north side of the city. Yeah, I think I think I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah. You just go across a bridge, and it's the left, so it's slightly uphill. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. The British Legion Club there, uh, venue fantastic. Uh, the food that was catered for, you know, brilliant. And takeaway bags, all named. You know, it was all fresh sandwiches and soups and stuff. Um, plenty of space for the gaming tables that was run by uh, Donald Stewart and uh, Tom Howley, they're locals to that area and they provided the scenery uh, they run their own little um, uh, commission painting company called Alba Studios uh, focusing on a lot of historical stuff uh, and, and, it was, and it was fantastic so uh, don't, I'm not going to go in depth into all the games Played three games. I won all three games, uh, and I won the event, which was uh, really good. I was tied. There was two players that won all three games, uh, and I won on the tiebreaker, which was the most enemy units, um, most order dice killed, and yeah. I also got the um, painted award, which was it was the I got the player's choice. Award, which was really, really good. Eyes wise, they were doing more of a raffle situation with the prize support that they had on board. Uh, obviously, giving that money to the Legion, which is 100% great. Nobody had an issue with it. You know, we all splashed the cash on uh, raffle tickets and stuff. And I think between the 18 players, uh, all the money we contributed, I think we raised about £350 for the Legion. Um, over the course of That's the day, good, yeah. yep. So everybody loves helping a good, a really good cause. But what I did win was uh, I got a really cool little gold plaque shield thing for first place. Uh, I was given a three D printed Polish army, the prize for best painted. Uh, and I hadn't haven't actually held any of them. <coughs> excuse me. The 3D printed stuff they do, and the quality was just phenomenal. Got like nine horses, 20 riflemen, truck, and a few other little bits and pieces. So nice, yeah, really. It's like it's a whole little army, um, and it's good business sense for them. That because if I want more, then I'll have to either find the files and start printing myself or go and get it from them. So, you know, fair play to them. Um, that was really good. And that, you know, as a, I try not to bore majority of our listeners with with bolt action chat but 
everything that I had analysed from that loss, I applied to that event and to the three games I played. Uh, it's hard to describe what it, what it was I was hitting on, but it was just being more thought, more patience, uh, and realising that you can't win the game in turn one, but you can lose the game in turn one. Um, yeah. Those just some key principles that I might have actually forgotten. And one of my opponents was Ant, and he was using exactly the same list. Uh, and I met him in round two. We were near the top table at that point, but not quite. Um, met him in round two. Uh, I'm not quite sure what his mindset was. I think. I think maybe he expected me to be the same player, whereas I was very much more in focus with what I was trying to achieve. So, um, and look, you know, and on the day uh, we did an analysis of the game straight afterwards, he made a couple of key errors, which um, I punished him pretty severely for. They didn't didn't lose him the game. I think the game had already escaped him, but. They, they definitely, definitely those mistakes denied him getting a draw. If he hadn't made them, he could have gotten a draw from me. But, you know, you're only as good as you are on the day. So, um, yeah, I was, absolutely. I was extremely happy uh, to walk away with winning that event. And I think if our listeners, you know, are bored enough to think back to when I was talking about the Scottish Nationals, I told them that, you know, there was something about Germany that struggles to win events. I was really surprised to win this event with Germany, um, as were my sort of competitive brothers in arms around the world when I shared my list, told them the missions that we played, talked them through my opponent, so opponent's lists. They were surprised um, get to see that result come in. Obviously, they were all very happy for me, but you know, we, we like to analyse the lists and the missions and the combinations and, you know, why certain things worked and why certain things didn't. Um, there is this running theme at the higher end of bolt action that it truly is the player that makes the difference. Um, and I was happy to get the win, and it's really cool to start the championship off with a, with a victory. Wow. Then the big one, which was a week later, and this was a long drive down to Milton Keynes for an event called Roll Call. And it was held by the British Historical Game Society. Uh, namely, two guys, Harry and Colin Betts, that are father and son. A team that, that do a lot of bolt action stuff through through the BHGS um, group. Yeah. And it was the first event, first weekend event I've ever done that had seven games. Oh, fuck. Looking forward to that. And um, if rookie coaches and listeners remember, do you remember the, the, the tall claim I had as to what results I was going to get? Oh, I can't remember. I, uh, what what I, did you say? I flopped my nuts out and said, five wins, one draw, one loss. And right. you said something, said something saucy back to me. You did admit that, you know, Action's my game, so <clears throat> it was good luck. Good luck to it. And you know what's even funnier was I made that claim 
before I had that competitive loss. Because even when I got that loss, yeah. I was like, I'm never going to get those results. Um, I better put the rookie coaches and listeners out their misery now. I did not get those results. <laughs> <laughs> that that did not happen. Um, what did happen, though, was I did finish second overall. So it was on the podium. I was within half a point of uh, first place. And I actually got three wins, four draws, and zero losses. It, it was the fucking craziest set of results I've ever got at a tournament. I, and the gaming challenge was just... To, to, to try and put it in, <coughs> you know, into Blood Bowl terms, it was like playing... Uh, five out of the seven games would have been like playing, you know, first or second table at the NAF Championships. That level of that level of pressure and competition, yeah, uh, and the knowing, you know, that your opponent's really good and that they know that you're really good. Uh, two of the other games, you know, they were they were good games, but opponents, um, you know, God bless them, uh, they were slightly. We're slightly outgunned either by the mission or uh, the nature of their list compared to mine. Because with the seven games, there were two points levels. One was 750 points and one was uh, 1,250 points. You had to be the same, you know, roughly the same nation, the same army, um, but <clears throat> slightly different points levels. And there were really combinations when you met an opponent and they were using their 750 point army and you looked at their 1250 point and think yep I am fucking glad I'm not playing you at the big points level because your army there looks like a beast it is at 750 points I think I can take you I I got that quite a few times um, but there was, there was two games worthy of note and they were both against other uh, World Team Championship players, um, and it was those great, those great gaming moments where I hope people do enjoy in Blood Bowl as well. Is when your opponent sort of opens up that channel down the left hand side, and you think you've got a chance. When you look at their pieces, you can tell that there's oh yeah, you've got a frenzy guy in there that's just going to surf me, and there's a block there, and the risk for me, I'll, I'll have to make you know a couple of rushes. Um, you know I don't have a reroll, but you've you've opened up this high risk gap. You know that an inexperienced or lesser experienced player will think, "Yeah, fuck, I'm going to go for it." There was lots of those moments against a player called Russell Wright when he would, you know, knowingly edge a unit forward, try and bait me to bring reserves on to start my attack, because I was holding back, I was holding off attacking him until later in the game. When he was doing it, you know, partway through that turn, and I just started laughing at him. I was like, mate, I'm not falling for that bait. And then he'd just look at me and laugh right back. He's like, yeah, I know, Ali, but I'm just, you know, I've got to try and make you do something. It was that great level of respect that yeah, I, I knew what he was doing. He knew that I knew what he was doing. Um, it, was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, and there was another moment against... Uh, Welsh player called Gerwin. I'd never met him before. We'd spoken a lot online, but this was the first time we were 
across the table from each other. And I was having to guess. He was he had an attacking force coming on from one of the flanking sides. It's 50-50. And at one point I was staring him down and he was staring me back down. Uh, just to see if anybody was gonna you know give away a tell or it was it was, it was a hard hard moment to describe on a podcast, but literally staring into each other's eyes. You know, <laughs> like like you were at some sort of um, you know, boxing match, you know, pre match weigh in, they're just growling at each other. Uh, in a nice way. And um, you know, bless you Gerwin, if you ever do listen to this podcast, but I fucking totally guessed right and I had you over a barrel. Uh, which was really, really good. So as I said, I'm not gonna <coughs> bore the listeners with any more blow by blow commentary, but uh Tournament win up in Aberdeen, three games, three wins with Germany. Uh, down to England, three wins, four draws, and a loss. Uh, three wins, four draws, no losses. That was with my Confederate Americans. Um, yeah. So properly chuffed. Uh, obviously got a bunch of prizes down in Milton Keynes. Got a nice sort of um, frosted laser engraved pint glass for second. Uh, a £30 box of more miniatures, uh, a trophy, a bunch of dice. Um, really good. I'm on. A, I'm on a really good, really good place with bolt action at the moment. Really happy with how I'm playing, especially after taking that first loss. Losses are good. People take a loss, analyze it, find out what it was you did wrong. Don't just. This is good advice to you know any gamer, but don't just dismiss it as ah oh, my dice were shit or. I was unlucky on the day. It's like analyze it first before you make those claims. Yeah, so that uh, that's a, a great point actually, and that that crosses across all game systems. Really does. Like I, th- I think the difference between um, sort of mediocre, kind of average performance, and getting somewhere with your performances is knowing when you fucked something up. And being able to understand what you did that fucked it up, and then learning from that, because yeah. uh, you're right, it's it's easy with dice games to blame dice. And yes, there will be some games where the dice are the deciding factor, but when you go back and analyze a game properly, I think once you've kind of hit a level of experience above. Uh, your average player, you're looking at it a lot more critically and you, you're more likely to see where you made the mistake that, co- that cost you the game, you know. And that was um, that was definitely something from my loss against Ant was that you know, when you've got an opponent that's not making mistakes, they're making good decisions um, and their dice rolls are, you know, average. Well, the problem has to be on your side of the table. So you have to find it. You can't just go, ah, fuck my dice for shit. As we just said, you, you, if you're wanting to go from um, from good to great and then great to, you know, whatever's next, it's been able to, to, to look at what it is you're doing step by step and finding out where the error, where the error happened. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to help the rookie coaches um, through that. Uh, and their Blood Bowl careers, you know, as we, you know, 
review the different teams, talk about rosters, and you know, at, at some point, rookie coaches, myself and Phil, uh, we're going to revisit some of the podcasts that we've done uh, on the teams to reanalyze, um, you know, rosters we've given uh, to see if there's things that we would go back and change. Um, you know, that's something for the, you know. Maybe not years in the future, but you know. Yeah, because I mean, both of us, both of us are learning all the time. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm a completely different player now than I was two, three years ago. Um, I think uh, it's it's good it's good to have a look at, a look back at what your your thoughts were and stuff. And I think one of the things that we we'll probably move into as a podcast as well as. Is talking about next steps past the rookie coach section because yep. uh, at some point we will come to the end of uh, of teams to chat about uh, and reanalyze um, and we will sort of naturally progress into uh, intermediate coaching. Um, <laughs> we'll think of a bit some term for you fuckers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so so in less pedestrian than intermediate. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that that's a natural progression for the podcast, and exactly. uh, we're here to to help you guys grow, and and also you can watch our growth in the game as well. Um, you know, it's see us coming back with results and and doing shit, winning tournaments, hopefully. Um, yeah, but in so, terms in terms of to tie off my gaming and bowl action thing, I'm in a really good fucking place. Yeah, it sounds um, like you're really hitting a good stride on that. Got my focus on, and next up, uh, between now and the next podcast, is the World Team Championship in Cork. That's the that's the big one. So that's yeah, teams of four, nations on nations, six rounds. Uh, we already know who we've got on the first day. We're I think first off we play Spain. And they're the defending world champions. Uh, we've got Denmark two, and I think we've got one of the American teams. So it's a it's a mixed bag. Um, but the Spanish going in as defending champions obviously carry a reputation with them. But um, you know, at this at this point in this juncture, I cannot make a prediction on what on how well we'll do. Uh, there's twelve teams. I can't say it's 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 an absolute wild card. Um, yeah. So all all I can all I know is that boys um, that I'm captain and they've they've also done really really good sort of prep work. Because uh, on the same weekend I was in Milton Keynes, they all went to Denmark, the Danish nationals, and there were forty players there, uh, and they finished fifth, tenth, and twenty sixth. Uh, okay. the, the guy that finished 26 he had a, a proper wobble on day 2 because he finished day 1 on 2 wins and a loss and then he lost both his games on day 2 for you know action reasons um, guy that finished 10th he went undefeated I think he was 3 wins and 2 draws or 2 wins and 3 draws and then uh, the player who finished 5th was on 4 wins and a loss and he was lost on tiebreaker he Tiebreaker knocked him down. He could have been on the podium if his tiebreaker had been better. So, um, yeah, 
know, again, though, you know, hitting form and they were playing against really strong opposition as well. So, yeah, good times. Aye, that sounds uh, sounds like you're well prepared for for giving it your best shot anyway, you know, like yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh... Well, there's a few things I'm not prepared for, which we'll cover in the next section, I think. That what's on the table. What's I'll... on the table? Oh, what's on the table? Yeah. Um, look, I'll cover what's on the table just now. It's my Soviet army for the World Team Championships. Uh-huh. And... I, I got struck down with COVID. The household got struck down with COVID, and that wiped out a week, a week of painting. So, up against it. I'm up against it. So, you know, in between this podcast and this one, I finished off a few little items for the Americans. Um, them traveling south to Milton Keynes. But other than that, everything has been poured into finishing this Soviet army. Um, yeah, I've made good progress, but it's, you know when you're painting such a large batch of miniatures that you spread your effort over all of them, so, so nothing's finished. Yes, and everything everything is going to barrel along and be finished. You know, all at the same time, that's happening. Yeah, and, and you're probably in that uh, that really frustrating part of uh, model building slash painting side of the hobby where. The, uh, the last twenty uh, percent of the miniature takes fifty uh, plus percent of the time. You know, it's uh, uh, it's just uh, one of those annoying kind of phases. Have you got much more to do? Do you think, or you? I will be right up to the death. I, I might even be varnishing um, in cork. Might have to take <laughs> varnish with me and varnish the night we arrive or the morning of something sort of. Sort of thing, yeah. Um, which I've <laughs> which I've actually done before. <laughs> I did that at a championship once when I played goblins. <laughs> I yeah, varnished. I remember that. Oh, you were, yeah, you were there. I varnished, I varnished my goblin team. What was it that morning or the night before? I think. It was I, the I think. You, I think you did it the night before from memory. I've seen you. Did you not end up doing something with one of your duels as well on the day? Oh. I can't no, remember. No, I've only ever done. I've only ever entered the duel once, and I won it once. Yeah, that was with the uh, Nurgle yeah, beast the and, the, and the tentacles and wood the, elf catcher. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Um. But look, so hobby wise, hobby wise, I've been flat out, nothing finished. The great thing is that you know, uh, in between now and the next podcast, when I talk in the next podcast, I'll have a complete army <laughs> finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've and I've got some great projects stacked up after that. Um, you know, I've got a couple of Blood Bowl teams ready for commission. Uh, I've picked up a cheeky bolt action commission as well. I'm going to be pouring so much effort uh, into to that side of things for a little while, um, just to get some you know some some money coming in to counteract the money that's going out for travel expenses and stuff course and i've also got another random project which i think i'll try and mention um at the end of the podcast because it's it's not important just now so but what about you mate what's your what's your hobby on uh so i finished the norse uh for obviously for uktc i was painting a norse team 
Mm-hmm. Uh, general rule of thumb, if you want to know what Blood Bowl team is coming out, uh, that was the team of legends, uh, wait till I paint it, because uh, GW will bring out the brand new team uh, within a couple of uh, weeks of me starting painting the fucking thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the Norse got done. Um, and I'm pretty happy with how they came out, actually. Um, for the amount of time I spent on them, they, 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 look, they look fine. Um, I took a wee bit of time off after that in terms of I didn't really paint much for for a couple of days after UKTC. Um, but um, I'm entering a competition that's run online uh, by a, one of the guys in the kind of communities that I'm in um, called Smash Bash. Okay. Basically, it's it's like a converted converting competition. You, it's, there's a, a fair bit to the ethos of it. It's, it's very much entrenched in your kind of uh, 28 movement and uh, grim dark sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pulling together my entry for that, which is a plague ridden for uh, my plague bearers, um, which is kind of heavily converted to more of a kind of swamp theme. Um, and I finished him. He's come out okay as well. Yep, yep. yep. Quite happy with that. I think I've done, I did the best base work I've done uh, on a miniature on that one as well. I was really happy with the way the, the the kind of platform, the rock and the moss and everything kind of came out. Uh, and yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, so happy with that. Uh, what else have I started? Oh, I've been painting um, Wilhelm Cheney. Um, he's probably one of the few star players I'd bother using for vampires and if I had the inducements. Um, so I thought I'd, I'll paint him up because uh, I've had the model for quite a while and um, um, it's one of these odd ones uh, where I wasn't overly sold on the model early on it's mm. got a kind of in- interesting pose but when you actually physically make it and see it in the, fr- in the flesh it actually works pretty well and it's a nice looking model I, I enjoyed painting it um, I've just got the uh, base to finish off on that now. Um, and he's good to go. Have I been doing anything else? What else have I got? I think that's it. Yeah. So that, that's that's all the, the kind of painting that I've been doing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. The question is, how much have you been spending, though? Where's the cash? <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I think... Now, I think you've indulged a little bit in your old hammer drug habit. Yeah. And obviously, well, look, I'm just going to lash out with that. £142. It's north of that. Oh, shit. Come on, mate. Okay. So you've indulged a lot. 187 More. 222 That's my final guess. 222, it's, it's a roundabout that. It's clo- close to that. I think we're 240 or thereabouts. Right. What, Fucking what, nonsense. What have you bought? What have you bought? <laughs> so, um, I think when, when, I, when we were on the last podcast, I backed a Kickstarter 
for some uh, Morkborg miniatures uh, by Westphalia miniatures out in Canada. And that was, I was in the hole for like 80 quid on that. So that, that I knew that was coming. So that was, that was expenditure that was happening this month. Um, I was doing really, really good until uh, like two weeks ago uh, when um, we, we've been kind of looking at getting some new custom pitches done for the Blood Bowl League up here in Aberdeen. Um, and uh, after speaking to um, the guy who runs uh, MKBBL in the Edinburgh area, um, he put us on to Custom Patriot uh they make kind of gaming mats and stuff. So we had a chat with them through one of the guys in my league. Um, he's, what's his last name now? It's Philby. Um, a guy called Liam. Uh, so he organized uh, like pitches um, that had been designed by uh, Hipster Potter. Yep. Um, so uh ross did the original kind of design and had a mock-up done uh, but then obviously the the rules changed kickoff table changed so it took a wee bit of time ross has been really busy with uh his, his day job as an architect um so he's uh he got around to doing uh, an update to that so we all we all ordered it i believe you've got one as well mm-hmm. um although physically not got it yet uh like myself but that that was 31 quid um and then, like you know how sometimes things come at, come up on eBay, and you've kind of been ex- you, this was one that I'd written off because you hardly ever see it, um, because it is it, it gets called unreleased, but it, it it was definitely released. It was available via mail order uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties, um, affectionately known as the ass cannon, um, <laughs> basically. It's a Chaos Dwarf war machine, so a, a, a front runner to things like the Hell Cannon um, and the Earthshaker and stuff like that, uh, dating back to kind of third edition Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And uh, it's one of these minis that was definitely kind of of its time and the humour uh, that was kind of laced within some of these, but in a kind of dark way. Yep. And basically it's a, it's a demon with a cannon shoved up its ass. <laughs> And, uh, and then these two, uh, three very smiley-looking uh, chaos dwarves. Uh, they've got these kind of face place, plates that are all in really kind of big cheesier grins. Um, so I, I managed to pick up one of them on eBay uh, for a, a substantial sum uh, for what it, for what it is really, and for how much it fucking cost when it was originally out. Uh, but that's one that's one ticked off the um, rare finds sort of thing and aside from that what else did I get I think I got um, blah, blah, blah. I got a Chaos Dwarf bazooka team from the uh, similar era uh, sort of same same sort of run and I also got uh, one of the other Marauder uh, miniatures Chaos Dwarfs that I was after so yet again not very high on the model count, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but high on the uh, the financial outlay for these. Honestly, old timers such a it's a money sink. I'd hate to think exactly how much I've spent on stuff in um, the last couple of years, but 
um, all part of a big, bigger project uh, that I'm going to be sort of hitting uh, in the not too distant future. So yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed buying them. Uh, <laughs> started watching some other stuff on eBay. So no doubt next month will be equally as bad. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, how about yourself? I am very straightforward. Um, you know, I don't even have to give you that much of a clue if I just say I've only made one purchase this month. Yeah, so 30, 31 quid on a pitch then, eh? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So as, as yeah. Bill said, um, the boys up in the Aberdeen League, um, I was one of the founding three members of the league. And um, <clears throat> obviously, I sadly don't play with them anymore. Um, I like the, you know, there was a, as, as, as Phil said, there was a pitch design, it was just on good material. Um, I want a new pitch for, you know, this latest edition of the game uh, that I can sort of roll up and take with me. I don't want to have to carry dugouts and all that sort of stuff when, with me when I sort of start to pick up casual games of, of Blood Bowl. And, you know, I want something that's going to be unique um, to the area where I live in. Obviously, up in Aberdeen, they're all, you, you guys are all going to have them. Um, mm-hmm. Down in the Central Belt, you know, I'll, I'll have something that's a bit unique and um, something that's, you know, a nice reminder for me of the good times I've, I've had up in Aberdeen and uh, with all of you guys. So, yeah, sorry, listeners, £31. And, um, and that's it. I was not even close to spending any money that month, uh, this month. So, that's been, been yeah, been the draw. I mean, that's 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 good. Obviously, you know, I traveled to two events, so any hobby money has been spent on fuel, accommodation, food. Uh, you know, it was a 350 odd mile trip there and back again to Milton Keynes, so you know, there was all those, all those expenses, but uh, so not actually you know, paints or toy soldiers or anything, but it was, you know, still hobby related stuff. So, um, but that doesn't count. Doesn't count in this game. <clears throat> Thankfully, if not, I would have been in the many, many hundreds. The current, current cost of petrol which is ridiculous. Oh, I, I, everything's just, uh, just gone fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, just in case you're doing a time travel on this, uh, COVID happened and is still kind of in its death throes over the, the longest period of time possible. Uh, Russia has invaded the Ukraine and is doing its level best to kick off World War Three with everybody else. Um, and as a result, uh, we're paying, what, what did it reach? £1.70 something for... Uh, liter of diesel. Uh, it's nuts. Yeah, look, and and then some. You know, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Look, fuck it. You know what? Let's just not wonder. I mean, that is, it's, that's totally a first world problem. Uh, the cost of uh, fuel, by the way, you know, in, in comparison to what uh, folk are going through in other parts of the world, you know, it's. Let's uh, just skip it. Uh, people, but yeah, people come here for yeah. escapism and. You know, whatever other shit we talk about. So let's <coughs> let's do that, and let's um, hit up the rookie coaches with some knowledge about the coaches. North. Yeah, 
So one of the cool things about the Norse for both myself and Phil is that we have um, used them at tournament and high tournament level. Uh, I know Phil will talk about the UKTC. Sadly, with the previous iteration of the Norse, um, but it's still you know using that what like eighty-five percent of the new new roster is you know the same sort of shit. Uh, I yeah. took the yeah. Norse to the two thousand nineteen World Cup, and you make for yep. the life of me. I know I could just look in the NAF, but I couldn't remember what my bag of results were over those nine games. I had a look at it earlier on. Did you? Um, and yes. Um, give me two seconds. Remind, remind me if rookie coaches from some um, early episodes will remember. Uh, I did get, I did get tabled. I got pitch cleared by a dark elf team at the 2019 World Cup. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, you went, uh, you went two four three with them. Okay. Um. So, I mean, you still had a positive result in the fact that you had uh, more wins and draws than you had losses. Mm. So. Uh, and it, by virtue of the fact that we were doing quite well as a team, uh, you were also playing against tough coaches yep. uh, as a result. So, um, yeah, I, it was it was a it was a good proving ground that. And I think, uh, considering I don't think you'd played much Blood Bowl, I think we've discussed before, yeah. up until the actual World Cup itself, uh, a bit of a baptism of fire for you. Yeah, because that was. Um... That was the baby year. I had a baby. Yeah. It was in so June of that year. So yeah, June. Like four or five months preceding that, I had not played Blood Bowl at all. Um, but anyway, as we're talking to the rookie coaches about it, we've we've both got experience with Norse. Uh, as you might have already picked up, we both like Norse. I do. I, I really like them. Um. No, I don't know if you've still got that passion. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting uh, across all games with them at the moment uh, on seven seven wins, um, uh, three draws, and two uh, three losses, I think, maybe two losses. Two losses. So, yeah, I've got like a 70% win rate with them, I think, or thereabouts. So as the, um, as the rookie coaches know, uh, both myself and Phil, <clears throat> we um, walk through the roster and the positionals, and then we present to you our league teams when we spend a million gold pieces or a million TV uh, to put a league team together. And then we uh, go on to talk about our tournament teams. And for any new new listeners or you know rookie coaches that need a reminder, um, we used the 2022 NAF Championships rules pack, which provides you with 1.150. Oh, that's right. One 1.15. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thanks for <laughs> backing me up, Phil. I'm glad that was right. Yeah. Um, I was just double checking that myself. Okay. Uh, the NAF aren't having a tiering system. They just provide you with six primary skills and one secondary skill that you can then distribute as you see fit. So um, how do you want to do this, Phil? Whose turn is it to read the, the roster? It is my turn, is I think. Yeah, I think it's my turn. Uh, okay, oh, right. right. So this is this is sort of fairly hot off the press. Unfortunately, we're not uh, 
cool enough to get free shit from uh, GW, but um, you know what? It's available on the internet. Some some prick uh, put all the stuff up early, so why not take advantage of it? Um, right, so as far as positions go, we've got Norse Raiders, uh, 0 to 16 in quantity. Um, they cost 50k, uh, move 6, strength 3, agility 3+, plus, passing 4+, plus, AV 8+. Plus. Uh, they come with Block, Drunkard, which is a new skill, and Thick Skull. Um, they have primary access of general and secondary of agility, passing, and um, strength. Next up's the Norse Berserkers. Uh, you can have two of them max. They are 90k. Uh, move 6, strength 3, agility 3+, plus, passing 5+, plus, AV 8+, plus. and they come with block, frenzy, and jump up as skills with primary access of general and strength and secondary of agility and passing. Um, next up's the Ulf um, which you can get a, two of them as well, 105k each. Move six, strength four, agility four plus, no passing stat, AV nine plus. They come with frenzy and have general and strength as primary and agility as secondary. Um, after that, we've got the first of the new positionals, which are Valkyries. They come uh, uh, as a maximum of two. Uh, you're costing 95k for that. Move seven, strength three, AG three plus, passing three plus, AV eight plus, and they come with catch, dauntless, pass, and strip ball, with primary access to agility, general, and passing skills. And then secondary access to strength. And then you have the beer bores, which are 0 to 2, um, cost 20k, move 5, strength 1, agility 3+, plus, no passing stat, AV 6+, plus. and they come with dodge, no hands, pick me up, which is another new skill, stunty and titchy. They have no primary skill access and secondary skill access for agility. And then last up, we have the Yeti, uh, which is 140k. Um, move 5, strength 5, agility 4+, plus, no passing stat, AV 9+. Plus. And they come with Claws, Disturbing Presence, Frenzy, Loner, 4+, plus, un, un, and Unchanneled Fury, uh, with primary skill access being strength and secondary being agility and general. On top of that, they have um, rerolls for 60k. Uh, they're classed by GW as tier one. They have access to an apothecary. And their special rules are a bit different from some of the other ones. So, um, fluff wise, Norse have got your kind of hints of chaos tinge in them, in them as well. So, they can either take, and you've got to pick one of these at team creation, favored of. Uh, either corn or chaos undivided, uh, or the old world classic. Uh, um, what's the keyword? That's the that's the word I'm looking for. So you got to pick. You got to pick those at the start, and they have they give you access to your special rules or your <clears throat> star players. Now I think that's a really nice bit of flavour. <laughs> but before we jump on, um. 
just covered over because there was the two new little skills and traits in there. Uh, drunkard, yes. the Norse Raider Lyman have got, so uh, it's a trait. They are the only ones that have got it. Um, this player suffers a minus one penalty to the dice roll when they attempt to rush. Uh, so they'll, right, so yeah. they'll fail on a one or a two. And the, and the little beer boars, um, their pick-me-up trait, at the end of the opposition team turn, roll a d6 for each prone, non-stunned teammate within three squares of a standing player with this trait, and on a five-plus prone player may immediately stand up. So, yeah, it's... You know what? I guess we'll talk about it as we talk about the rosters, but it's just important for the rookie coaches to understand... Um, what those traits are, what they act, what they actually mean, uh, yeah. for the team, and, and so yeah, I think you used the uh, the correct words earlier, which is uh, adds a bit of flavour, you know. I'd, uh, like you said, we'll discuss pros and cons of this. Um, I think it's worth noting that uh, the the main change, really, aside from these uh, uh, two new positionals, really, and the additional kind of traits that are on some of the players. Is the fact that you've lost the uh, the thrower and the catcher, and they've kind of been merged into one player, effectively, uh, which I think is pretty good. You know, I, I think that's a good idea. You know, uh, we'll have a chat about wh- how how good that player is or isn't uh, as, soon, as we're as we're getting into the teams themselves. Yep. So, with that in mind, do you want to give me an idea of what you would take at TV one million? Uh, a million, so. Um, for our league, yep. So this your league roster, yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, grab me a Yeti. I would grab both the yeah. Ulf Werners. Um, I think moving forward, we'll just refer to them as Ulfs. Just do that. That's that's good. Yep. Just get that provision in there. I would take one Valkyrie, two Berserkers, and then one, two, three, four, five linemen. A and I would, now this goes against the grain for me, but um, I would only pick up two rerolls this time, because that totals me out at 995. Okay. So, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% loving putting my league team together. No uh, rookie coaches will understand from listening to me drone on about it, but I like three team rerolls. Um, and so not being able to get it, I didn't want to sacrifice on the pitch action, so yeah, that's that's what I've gone for. But you, I've gone different. Um, so I I haven't taken a yeti. Um, I've gone two ulfs, two berserkers, two valkyries, six linemen, and two rerolls for one million on the nose. Right. Okay, so okay, pros and cons, man. So, like, Yeti is good. Don't get me wrong, like it, love it in tournaments. Um, it's one of these though. I don't think it's essential on the team. You don't? Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you have to have it because bear in mind you've got the two wolves at strength strength four. Uh, you've also got Dauntless on the Valkyries as well. So you, you can like impose strength uh, on other teams 
to an extent. You know, I think so. I don't see it as essential. I would buy one um, should money allow. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one of my purchases uh, as the the league progressed. Um, I think I I saw the um, the four frenzy pieces as good pitch control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to double down on the Valkyries because I fucking love them. I think they're great. Probably one of the better bits in the game at the moment, I think. Yeah. And a good addition to the team. Well, you... No beer bore. Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> they're not even on the horizon for me. Um, no. The league, but no. King, I see the big guy as a good linchpin for this team uh, factoring in the disturbing presence that it's got you know, it's it's just another way to interfere with your opponent uh, 4 frenzy is good, 5 is better, in my opinion and you know I hear what you're saying about Valkyries having Dauntless um, it, it just, they don't actually have that extra other skill to you know that the Yeti's got in terms of claws. Yeah, I, I think, I th- yeah, I think it depends on your league. Well, um, this always, this always comes up as a point. It depends on what your league makeup is, but, um, you know, it, you're, you're going to find some high armor targets out there for them. There's yeah. no way, you know, to avoid that. So I always see him as being a, a, a useful piece from the get go, you know, having them in there from this from the very start because I know that the next element we talk about is the development of the team. Um, and when it comes to the Yeti, he's saving up his um, star player points to go for the uh, secondary block skill straight away. Yeah, so it, I think I would agree with. I think I'd agree with that for sure. It's those, yeah. to get the games in for him to get them to start accumulating those SPPs as quickly as possible to get them to block. Um, whereas I think following your path, if he arrives in game sort of three, or you know, however, however you see your financial development with your, with your team going, you know, he's, he'll be, he'll be coming up against other teams that are then starting to accumulate skills, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 definitely a concern. Um, like I said, I think I think you can get. I, I think this is genuinely a team you can get by without a big guy on in the league. Uh, that's my my gut feeling on it. Um, but I think I don't think you're wrong to take one mm-hmm. at all. Um, I think, like I said, it depends. It depends on how you play as well. <laughs> but it is a great. It, it is a great control piece um, for the reasons you mentioned. Disturbing presence is a useful thing to have kicking about uh, to interfere with handoffs and um, and if somebody's stupid enough to pass. Um, and like you say, frenzies, frenzies, another great control piece. It allows you to kind of control like basically the whole pitch because you've got five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think I, I think I would, I would, I would swither hard between going down your route or going down my route, depending on what I was up against in the league. Yeah. I think though, 
with, with with those differences aside, and that's that's a great thing about you know the format we do. We never talk about our rosters until we're actually you know on the podcast. So we 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 argue, we are we discuss our dirty laundry for the rookie coaches to hear. But um, you know, neither of us have sacrificed anything on the team build to try and get an apothecary. So that that would be you know purchase number one for both of us. I would think. Yes. Uh... Because there's a lot of good positionals um, you want to protect, uh, and then skill development wise, I all the positionals, the Ulfs, the Valkyrie. Sorry, I'll take the Ulfs as a pair to start with. Uh, they're hunting down block um, yes. to back up that frenzy and to you know enhance their their strength. For they've got. Uh, the Berserkers, and I remember I was putting together a, a, a team before, years ago, and to work out what I wanted my Berserkers to do, but I would be chasing one of them for tackle, and one of them for guard, as their first primary skill-ups. Um, yeah, I've gone exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah those would be the first primary skill-ups, and then as the league progressed, they would flip. So I would actually just have duplicate, you know, guard tackle berserkers. Um, and I think that's just the natural way for them to go. I would, I've only got the one Valkyrie, so I don't have to talk about um, her overly much. But look, <laughs> got to got to keep her standing on her feet. Um, and apologies for anybody who's gender issue, but. Valkyries are girls. Don't care if anybody's having an issue with that. Um, but yeah, I would be chasing block for her. And then it comes down to the lineman. And I think this is where I was... Oh, I think I was just going to be rolling randomly on the general thing for a couple of them. Yeah. I, th I think I would agree with that. I've put exactly the same. I would like one dirty player. I've, I've written um, that as well. I've written that as well. Yeah, guarantee you um, a dirty player. I would, <laughs> I, I would, I would prioritise maybe because I've got six linemen. Um, so <laughs> is your team was your team eleven man or twelve? Eleven. Okay, I right, so I've got twelve, twelve in mine. Um, so yeah, I I would go down uh, the route of uh, of if random rolling the first three, and if I didn't have dirty player uh, within amongst those, I would probably just the next one that skilled up would get dirty players about a course. And uh, I think they've got decent survivability with block, uh, but you are going to lose the odd one here or there. I think, but for because um, you're not going you're not going to app with them. No, but for fifty grand. They're a really cost-effective piece. The, the yeah, and bear in mind they've got thick skull now as well, which they didn't have in the previous yeah. uh, iteration of the team, which means they're more likely to stay on the pitch than uh, than go off. You know, I mean, their armor will still break uh, the same amount, but uh, they're not likely to get KO'd as much. Um, so that, that's a that's a positive thing. Aside aside from that, like I've I've got a few differences uh, from you, but my, mine are the majority of my. Uh, kind of thoughts are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. 
I would consider. Um, so when you when you talked about uh, me taking in the uh, Yeti um, later, I would consider if it was a shorter league in my setup um, instead of waiting for block taking Juggernaut because mm. uh, you can get that quicker um, and that makes them a bit more reliable on blitzes. Um, and then just making sure you get that guard wedged in to try and get you a three dice block on normal blocks. Mm. Um, as far as Wolves uh, went, we were pretty much the same. You know, like I would, uh, I would put block on straight away. Uh, that's that's a given. Uh, I think I would alternate with those on mighty blow and guard. Um, again, you know, just trying to give some hitting power, but also to reduce the likelihood of frenzy traps. Um, yep. And then for the, because I've got the two Valkyries, I've got one would go down the ball handling route. So this one would be like my primary touchdown scorer. And I would go with the block dodge route yep. with that one progressive into sure hands. Maybe uh, if I got, well, if it, with it being a primary scorer, it's going to get a good chunk of the uh, touchdowns. The other one, I would make a sweeper. And I think the skills that this one, uh, that these guys have, with them already having strip ball um, on them, um, like, I think they lend themselves to the wrestle tackle route um, as yeah. well. That's a good, yeah. That's that's um, that's the benefit of having two of them, which is obviously what I never went. Never, yeah. I never went down. I, with just having one on the team, block. I never spoke about the forward progression of that, but it would be um, either sure hands or dodge as their second skills, um, and that would be dependent on sort of how the rest of the team was forming. So yeah, yeah. So I think I think we were close on 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 skill progression there for sure. Um, you know, like both of us have taken two re rolls, which I know you're you're not as comfortable playing like a re roll light, but but there's no real way without really sacrificing on on players. Like because I had a look at that as well. You know, I mean, I could drop down to um, even if I dropped a lineman. That doesn't give me enough for the third reroll, no. so I'd have to drop uh, alignment and also change one of the positionals that I've got into a lineman uh, to give me the uh, uh, the enough for a reroll, and then I'd be sitting on bank there as well. So I I just I feel with this this team like the 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 kind of large amount of block that you've got in the team early on. Uh, and will develop to having a decent amount fairly quickly. I think. Um, I don't think you need as many rerolls. You would have to be quite um, tactical about when you used your two. Um, I think you'd definitely be saving one for picking up the ball. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think you can probably get away with two rerolls with this team, but for th- but three would be the best sort of route. I think if you could if you could 
if you get to a point where you've bought all the other things you want, you probably want to be trying to save for another reroll at some point further down the line. That was my uh, was partly my logical thought to it as well. That, as you said, with that baseline of block over the bulk of the team, it, it reduces that need for the third reroll. Um, but yeah, psychologically, it might be an issue. Yeah. It might be an issue for me in a league with them um, with just the two. But uh, you know, if it's it's a concern for the rookie coaches. Um, I don't believe sacrificing players on the pitch is the right thing to do with the Norse. Just to get the third reroll, no, I, I, I would try and get as many you know, skilled additional players on the pitch as possible. Um, you know, and, you know, to be fair, both you and I only drop one positional. Uh, I, I drop a Valkyrie, you've dropped the Yeti. And you know we've discussed our reasons for and against that. But as we've we've taken yeah. we've taken the full whack of you know, um, berserkers and wolves because they're good. Yeah. Don't don't I think, leave home I th- without two of each. Yeah, I think um, it's like the flexibility of the berserkers is really good with the jump up uh, and the frenzy. You know, like folk. Folk forget they've got jump up, and you can take a like effectively a, a stand in blitz without using your blitz with them. You know, it's uh, uh, that that uh, that played a factor in some of my games uh, with Norse for sure. You know, and um, I think the uh, like the strength of the Ulfs definitely kind of adds a bit of punch to the team as well. You know, I think th- th- this this is a good team. You know, I think it's a good team that's been finessed. Like I, I, I'm very loath to, uh, to chuck, um, praise at GW sometimes because I think they, they often kind of get fall down the trap of trying to make something cool just for the sake of it. But I think the bones of this team were already good, and the bones of the team have been finessed to be better, in my opinion. Which leaves us to the one elephant in the room, or the one uh, porcine element in the room. Uh, <laughs> the beer bore. <laughs> Why? I mean, it, it's fucking, it's fucking hilarious. Like, it's a hilarious-looking little model. Um, it's a nice bit of fluff, but mother of God, like, I'd rather have a skill on a lineman than spend twenty k of my TV on a beer bore. You know, it's going to get smashed. You know, like, it doesn't have... Uh, like, the first time it gets hit, it's going to explode. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, like um, Pick-me-ups a five-up. You know, like... like Do I really want to be uh, relying on that? You know, it's a, it's a nice opportunity to potentially get some players up. But in order to have one of those guys on the pitch... I've got to have taken one of my linemen who has block, who won't die the instant it's been hit off the pitch to do that. I've heard people say, oh, but you could save up and get uh, to get sneaky git for fouling. <clears throat> it's going to die. because <laughs> <laughs> It'll spend more time off the pitch. It's going to be on the pitch. It's going to be a halftime bacon sandwich before, you know. Oh my God. You know, like, well, I can I can read most people's experience of beer bores as follows. 
you take one you might stand one of your three players that get knocked over in the line up um, at the end of your turn um, or whatever at the end of the, uh, the opponent's turn and then the turn after that they're going to smash your beer bore and you won't even have had a chance to think about fouling with it so and then you'll be playing with 10 players versus their full 11 man team you know it's I just I like I like it in it in terms of it's funny uh, and there will be people out there who will meta the shit out of that and I'm sure there will be one person out of every hundred who manages to get it to work doing something uh, but they will be in a minority because in terms of Blood Bowl playability they're dog shit <laughs> Should we talk about our tournament rosters? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Ran, ran over. That was um, a mighty rant. <laughs> I'll go first. Oh, aye. It'll make a great turn counter. Um, yeah, I'll just let you go. Okay, so half championship based roster. So uh, Yeti, two Ulfs, two Berserkers, one Valkyrie. Six linemen, one boar. <laughs> <laughs> Three rerolls, two assistant coaches, one one four five. My God. Okay. What? Uh, okay. Should, do we? Do I? Do I tell you what mine is, and then we talk about skills? Like we'll, we, talk, we talk about skills afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so I've got one Yeti, two Ulfs, two Berserkers, two Valkyries, five Linemen, three Rerolls, no Beer Bars. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I can't even remember how much that is. It works out as uh, one one four five or something like that as well. I, um, it's definitely under, under that. I loved hearing your rant, knowing that I had a beer bore in my tournament <laughs> roster. <laughs> I, oh, I love you. Uh, amazing. Do, do you know what will be even better is if you tell me it's got sneaky git uh, <laughs> as one of the skills. Well, let's talk about skills. Um, right on you go. Okay, so. Uh, no quick reminder for the rookie coaches, it's six primary skills and one secondary skill to be spread throughout the That's team. That's right, yeah. And I have put my secondary skill on the Yeti, it's block. Shouldn't, correct. shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, the two Ulfs both get block. Both correct. correct yeah. Yeah. Both of the Berserkers get guard. My Valkyrie, okay. my Valkyrie gets block. And I've given tackle to one of the linemen, uh, and the lineman he'll act as my sweeper. Okay. And then the three rerolls, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's that's how so, I dispensed with that. So I I've gone slightly different um, past the ulfs. So we're exactly the same on the yeti and the the two ulfs, mm -hmm. like block block block. Um, the berserkers. I've given one tackle and one mighty blow. Okay, you're going for, um, for miniature removal. Yep. 
Yes. And uh, for the Valkyries, because I took two of them, I've given one wrestle and one block, with one being my uh, ball carrier primarily and the other one being my sweeper. Now, this is slightly different to the team I took to UKTC in that my method of team of player removal at UKTC was the dirty player um, lineman. Now, that was with a 13-man roster. I've only got 12 players, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I've only got 12 players, and I felt that I got sent off a couple of times during UKTC, and I wouldn't want to be going down to 11 players in my entire team, I don't think. So, yeah, I think I I, I traded the, the instinct said go dirty player, but then reality said mighty blow is probably better um, across more things and doesn't get me sent off. Mm. So that was why I went with that. And um, I went with... So I, I didn't put any guard on here. I did toy with the idea of dropping the tackle on the uh, on one of the berserkers and putting guard on. Uh, but honestly, I didn't have any guard at UKTC and I didn't miss it. Right. Um, at all. Like there was no situation where I felt like oh I could have done with one guard here. Mm-hmm. Um. For me, so the guard. And yeah. I remember my experiences from the World Cup. As uh, for my cage, it's required. Yeah, I didn't cage at all. I was screening. Right. Well, I guess that's that's that difference in playstyle. Then I would have yeah playstyle. Yeah, I would usually do a, a cage to begin with, with the berserkers on you know the different points with their guard, and then as as the cage rolls forward. They peel off, you know, obviously they've got frenzy as well and they just want to get involved. They peel off. The, the corners are replaced by linos and then the sort of final phases of my drive become a screen, so evolving from, yeah. a, from, a, uh, from a cage. And that's, that's where I saw a use of guard for the bulk of that. My worry about guard on a frenzy piece is they end up out out of position and like it's okay like if you don't end up with people on all corners or on both front corners and you've and you've thought about it which is which is good you know i mean you can you can mitigate against this happening um but you would always kind of want to have your berserkers free you don't want them pinned down because you're not going to be dodging away with them and if you're at the if you're having to use the uh, the blocks with them, there are going to be times where you block into a push and then you're out of position. Yeah. So I, that that's my worry regard on them. And there's no other natural player to put them on. I mean, you, you would kind of, because they're the, a little bit, like everybody's the same speed apart from the, uh, um, the Valkyries and the, the Yeti and the beer boards, obviously, uh, being five, but and seven for the Valkyries. But the Berserkers would probably be the the more natural one to think about putting the uh, uh, the guard on. 
or maybe even the the oofs, but I don't know, you just like I, I would just worry that I was gonna get pulled out of position and then your guard's kind of hidden somewhere and you're not getting the benefit of it because you kind of want to move away then. You know, it, it's just that that that's what led me away from guard and um but I can see if if you manage it well you could you could get away with that, I think. Um I'd be inclined if it was me to um if I was playing with guard like that to run linemen as the cage corners mm-hmm. and make sure the uh the guard guy was on the, the wing of the the front of the cage. So not the, the corner, but the, the guy standing next to them, if you know what I mean. Yep. So somebody can't come in with a a couple of players and try and le- leverage a bit of strength there. Or if somebody does come in, you can then move them off with the with the uh, the uh, berserker and then move the cage separately um, to the side again, one or move the cage further forward and screen. You know, I think you could manage it by uh, and mitigate against bad things happening by doing that. Um, yeah. I... I think, I, I, yet again, I don't think taking guards wrong. Um, and if your play style leads into that, yeah. I think it, it could work. But, that's the reason I went with it. Um, you know, the only one I'm not hugely convinced by is my tackle lineman, but I just saw there was a deficiency in a sweeper uh, to protect the backfield. How many, how many players have you got? <laughs> I've got 12 players, but 13 pieces including the pig <laughs> so, yeah like if you'd had another lineman I'd have said drop the tackle and put the uh, put dirty player on the lineman mm-hmm. uh, and then just leverage removals um, like I, I, mine's got more of a Swiss army knife kind of feel to it with having the tackle on, on one of the uh, Blitz, uh, Berserkers, and then also the Wrestle on the Valkyrie, and one of the other one of the Valkyries. So I I can pick apart Blodgers and uh, Dodgers there, depending on what what I need. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. Is tackle? Yeah. <laughs> is ta- I I'd worry I'd worry that tackle. Yeah, that that guy's still a good sweeper. Your 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 lineman with tackle. Um, no, my, it's, not my a, issue, it's not a waste a wasted skill. It's not a wasted skill, but the issue becomes a movement. The drunkard trait now failing to rush on a one and a two that really limits. You know, I mean, he's already got like a movement six, so it's not yes. it's not super fast. Um, whereas in the past, you would maybe rely on having the odd sort of rush. To get you that little bit extra, whereas now I don't believe I ever would, uh, unless yeah, unless so, it was like the you know at the utmost need to defend your backline. And I I'm I'm the sort of player that would pull you in to try and uh, to force you to do something like that. You know, it's uh, um I think uh, that that's a it's a little bit of a a consideration to have outside the last gasp stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're right, I think I don't I would I don't think I would be it's one of the things that hampers the Norse team now is the fact that you've you can't move the linemen as far 
uh, as you used to be able to with the with the rushes. So you have to really play um, tight with them and not get yourself. You got to be keen on your count in the squares and stuff like that. So you don't have to suddenly start pulling out three ups um, everywhere. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good. I think both of our rosters are are playable. Do you want to, do you uh, want to talk about my pig? Yeah. Yep. Uh, what, what are you going to do with it? I, <laughs> Literally. My thought is that now I was having flashbacks to the World Cup when I got pitch cleared and um, you know all manner of others. I think I had a few other, I had at least one other rough game where miniature removal was a big issue for me. And mm-hmm. you know what? It was it was 20 grand to put the pig in and you know for sure within three squares after prone stand them up in a you know five plus blah 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 blah. i just thought that if you're once you start on that downward spiral of miniatures being removed and you know feeling the game just disappearing from you uh the pig has got an outside chance of being able to try and stop that rot uh, you know, if if your opponent manages to knock down your line of scrimmage, uh, you know, halfway or two thirds of the way through a game, if you've got the pig in range, you can pop those guys back up. Maybe I know it's like a five plus, so you know it's not the best odds, but um, by that point, you're already going to be down to like you know nine guys on the pitch, or maybe you know maybe worse. Uh, so at that point, what what have you got to lose? Game's already disappearing down, yeah. down the down the pisser. Um, you might as well throw throw the pig on. Um, you know, and if he can prop a few people up, I'll have to help your game. And then, obviously, if if it's really going to tits up, you send him in for the foul. Uh, and hopefully, you know, from for the team roster I've selected that, you know, if my two guard pieces are still on there, then you know the pig can. Uh, Pick up some benefit from that. It's not a game-winning strategy. It's a you know last act of desperation to try and stop a game from you know being a loss to maybe giving me the opportunity to try and make it a draw. Um, again, though, that was all that was all centered around my experience, my last big tournament experience with the Norse. Because um, when that miniature removal. Avalanche started. It was just like fucking that gone. You know, if if somebody's caught prone after having, you know, if, if I've had a turnover and they've not stood up or for whatever reason getting fouled off the pitch and stuff, it's yeah, it's hard to hard to bear. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a great strategy, but it's a strategy of last resort. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand your thought process there. Um... But <laughs> no, I, I think I think if you get to that stage, like I've put up a decent, I, I've put up a decent defense with five six players with Norse uh, against a full team. Um, I think you can still do it because of the block and the the strength on several of the players. Mm. Um, 
but it's still doable. I mean, you can still get something out of a game, even if you're down on numbers. I think the the worry with the the boar is like I, I'm if I'm seeing that on the pitch, I'm just gonna hit it. the first available opportunity, and I know it's just gonna go off. You know, it's not as soon as soon as that thing hits the deck, it's gone. You know, I just don't see it. I don't see it stay. There's no staying power. And then you're you're a further player down. I honestly don't think you would get to the point where past the 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 first attempt to bring players up because you're not going to prioritize protecting the beer bore over better players hmm. um, so you kind of fall into the trap of well okay so it, i'm just gonna have to hope that it doesn't die um next turn because uh, i'd rather it died than my um wolf or my yeti or my uh, Valkyrie or what have you. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, it's just a it's a nice turn marker for me. Like I, I think I would use it for turn or reroll. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I can see, I can see why they, I can see where they were coming from with it, and out of the rules that, are, that they've created, um, like it's not a weeping daggers kind of situation, right? Which was fucking pointless. There is, it is a, it's not overpowered, it's not underpowered, it's probably right for what they're trying to achieve with that. I just don't see there being a massive amount of use for it in this team. If you had something like that on like a stunty team, for example, mm-hmm. that might be pretty cool because uh, you, your lower movement on those teams or uh, or what have you getting up on that and then being able to run away at full full uh full speed with dodging uh i think would probably be a, a good a good thing to have but i mean yeah and five five or five ups not a, a great level of odds you know it's i, I just don't see it working well, I think that's up to uh, which is sad. that's up to you know rookie coaches to discover that. Um, I believe not hugely, but partly that it's it's got a place um, in the roster I've created. But as a as a last resort, I would never knowingly put this pig on the pitch in place of a skilled player. Uh, this pig will only arrive on the pitch when. You know the number of players dictates that it has to take to the field. Um, yeah, that's, that's a given because that's the start of the the avalanche. That you know the miniatures are being removed. The pig arrives to try and you know plug the gap. Um, but hey, look, that's that's the fun of Blood Bowl, guys. Hopefully, you'll um discover it for yourself when all your pre-orders for the um spike. And your miniatures arrive, and you can either paint it up as a Rero marker or put it on the field and let it get fucking punted to death. I I could quite going back to our teams just briefly. I could quite happily um, drop a reroll and take another lineman and have thirteen players and play the team. Mm. Um, like I I could, but that I would suggest. A rookie coach not doing that. I think having the three rerolls is good. 
Uh, but yeah, for me, I think I could, I would consider dropping, dropping a reroll, and I was thirteen. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it is a good team though, and I like playing them. And I'll be interested to play the new new setup with the uh, Valkyries. I think they're going to be great once you start scaling them up. And I think they're out of the box. They're a really good uh, um, with one with one skill. They're really good for tournament builds. Well, they're, I think it's a, a good player. They're going to provide a new <coughs> a new challenge. Um, I think as well that that little bit of extra flavor in league play when you pick your um, is it old world of the lines or you know chosen of when you pick those sorts of things i'll add in little bits of extra flavor uh, within your league when you get your star player access which do we want to talk about star players some of the newer star players just now or do you want to give our tournament yeah, ratings? Uh, we, we, we normally give our tournament ratings uh first and then delve into star player access okay i think do you want me to go first? Or oh, do you want me to go first this time, mate. I I think you might see the odd tournament one of these guys, but I don't think they're going to be like a mainstay of the, the kind of top tables. I think there's still teams above them. Um, I would say a, a 10, a 7. Solid 7. Yes, I would agree. A, a solid 7. I think a exceptionally good coach could push that to an eight, um, but they'd have to be playing some really good yes. blood bowl. But you know, your average good player on a good day, seven out of ten. Yeah, yep. I think uh, you're right. I think uh, somebody who's very competent um, could win a tournament with these in the right mm-hmm. circumstances for sure. Um, if they were given a more traditional, or I say traditional, more more previous uh, route of getting to tier two or what have you, on a more than three tiers setup and have access to extra skills or extra money, uh, I think there's even more likelihood of them doing w- uh, well. So I think personally, I think they are a tier one team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like them. They're a good team. Yep, good team. Same. I'm looking forward to opportunity to get in the um, expansion pack, uh, upgrading the miniatures, and then yeah, giving them giving them a run out. So yeah. So um, star players. Do you want to? We just grab a few star players. Yes. and Talk about them. So there's there's three new ones. Um, so there's uh, which have all got miniatures. Straight out the out the gate uh, from Forge World, uh, and they all look pretty good. I like them. Um, there's Thorson's Thorson Stout Mead, who's um, kind of like a pimped up uh, lineman. He's um, movement six, strength three, AG four plus, passing three plus, AV eight plus. He's got block, drunkard, loner four plus, and thick skull. And he plays for old world classic teams. And he's got a special rule called Beer Barrel Bash, which uh, once per drive at the start of his activation, he can throw uh, the keg that he's carrying 
And when he does, uh, you select an, an opposition player within three squares of, uh, of Thorson and roll a d6. And on a three plus, the player is immediately knocked down. Uh, although if you roll a one, uh, Thorson himself gets knocked down instead. So, I mean, this is a kind of... Uh, it's a, an interesting one because it's, it's one of the better special rules. Like if I was sitting uh, with a player in a cage with the ball uh, and this guy was three squares away and he hadn't used this already, I'd be a bit twitchy that he was uh, because the team's getting a free wizard effectively for a turn. Yeah, in my head when I read this, um, I read this guy and I was like, okay, so he's got a magic missile. Magic yes. missile attack. Um, and yeah, exactly as you said, that it's the ultimate, you know, age popper. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I forgot to say how much he was as well. He's 170k. 170, so he's a... Yeah, he's he's going to have reasonable staying power as well. I mean, I know he's still at armor uh, eight plus, so I mean, he's he's not got like uh, uh, he's not he's he's not difficult to to break armor on, but he's still got thick skull, you know. So he's, I think, if you had 170k. And you had the option of him or a wizard. I think I would take him. It's one of the few circumstances where I think I would take a player over a wizard. I because he's an extra player in the team, and he can wizard somebody. Well, I know you said that he's he's basically a lineman, you know. So, but like block, yeah. yes, drunkard, and thick skull are all standard lino stuff. Uh, the only yes. thing, the only two things he gets got a slightly better agility and he's got his magic missile attack. Uh, no, he's got a slightly worse agility. Isn't he? Oh, oh yeah, sorry, he's slightly worse. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a worse agility. He's got a magic missile attack. So effectively, and I fucking you know, random maths, but you're getting the magic missile attack for um, 130? 120. Uh, yes. You know, I'm sure there's some mathematics working in the negatrate to the agility, adding the loner. Um, but effectively, it's splashing at 120,000 to get this C plus, C plus knockdown. So that's that's, that's the money you're, paying, you're spending. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's good value. Because you're you you're having another player on the pitch anyway. Um, you don't need to roll against his agility to um, to throw the uh, throw the thing, and you can be three squares away and also be in, in a tackle zone. Oh, uh, you could be in three ta- you could be in three tackle zones, and it's still a three up. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, I'm not not knocking it. Um. I'm not knocking it at all. It's, just, it's the same as all the wizard results pretty much as well, because most of them were nerfed to three ups. Um, like the lightning bolt and the zap and stuff like that are effectively all three ups, you know. So I think I think the fact that you're getting the player plus this this once a once a a, a gate uh, once per drive. It's, so it's not just once. In fact, it's even better. Sorry, it's once per drive rather than once per. Exactly right. 
Um, now that you've now that we've now yeah. that we've reread that, yes, he's ultimate tool, ones per drive. So he's got two shots of this shit. Yeah. So I think um, I think it's uh, I think he's good value for money. You know, like I, like I said, it, I, there are very few occasions where if I had 150 to 100 to 200 k, I would take a, a star player over a wizard. I think this is one of the few occasions that I would take the star player for what he can do. Three. He's good, good value. Um, anything more to say on him or shall I move on to the next one? Sorry, mate. I'll need to edit, edit this next bit out because it's going to sound so dumb. I've, got, I've had a brain fuck. Once per drive, is the written, is the written rules in the rule book, it's not half? There's... So, is, is it, is I the, is what, drive, yeah, we'll edit this out. The drive after a kickoff. Um, the, I the think of a drive. I think a drive is after a kickoff. So that would mean this gets multiple uses, not just two. Yeah, but I mean, the likelihood is you wouldn't be using it. You wouldn't be using it on your own much I don't think I don't know you might yeah so it doesn't say once per half it doesn't say yeah it says once per drive I would say a drive Drives is after somebody's scored and you're or or, or when, sorry sorry after a kickoff yes um it doesn't say uh, I can see this getting uh, nerfed by the way um or FAQ'd to once per half, um, but yeah, I would say that 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 uh, once per drive thing uh, is after each kickoff. Okay, so we don't need. So you probably. So we don't need to edit this, but we can just leave it in for the for the listeners to laugh over. Yeah. Yep. Well, that was. I, yeah, that's how I'm reading it. Is once per drive is uh, after each kickoff. Yep, so you're going to get much more value for money out of that potentially. You could use it to clear people out of the way on your drive. <laughs> uh, you could use it to har- harry the ball carrier on, on your opponent's drive. So if our interpretation is correct, it's one spare drive thing that does need to be rata FAQ'd out to one spare half. I think one spare half would probably be better uh, for balance. Um he would be get he would be target numero uno if he was on the team uh, that I was playing against. Yeah, but I'd be he'd take good care of him. Yes, and like I said, he could be in like nine tackle zones <laughs> or what, eight tackle zones because you can't be in nine, and he could still throw on a three plus uh, at your ball carrier. Okay, well, um, Ricky yeah. Fox and the listeners got a. Live action, uh, you know, thought to that guy. Brain fart. Yeah, live action brain fart. But that was <coughs> the reason why that was is understand what a drive is, understand what a half is. I knew what it, what I thought I'd read, but then after having reread it again, it was, you know, once per drive. Um, you know, so straight. Uh, if, you know, when you look at how we read this card, I assumed it was once per game. 
then we read it again, and we read once per half, and then we read it again, and it's once per drive. So it's just that understanding of you know new things. Um, so yeah, I mean there is there is kind of precedence for saying um, like once per half uh, and things like that. Yeah. So and so you know so the, not to sort of yeah. to move on from that, but you you look at the next star player that we're going to talk about, um, Ivar Eriksson, and his. His special yeah. rule is one spare drive. Then the next star player, which again we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, Scrog Snowpelt, is is one spare yeah. game. So these are written maybe with thought, but um, knows. Yeah, so this is this is rules as written versus intent. I think maybe. So I mean, I I would be inclined to say what they what what. Yeah, I mean, you could read that either way. Like, in my interpretation of a drive is after a kickoff event. You know, like, so, like, somebody's kicked off, and then that's your drive. Mm. And when we talk about that um, in terms of playing, I would say that that stacks up. Um so I I do think this is probably supposed to be once per half because it, it is quite big. That less so on on the next star player, which is I, Ivor Eriksson. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move we'll move on to him uh, rather than get too bogged exactly. down in that. So, um, I, he's he's moves he's he, this guy's quite nice. I think he's a little bit of the pricey side for what he is. I think, but uh, uh, he's coming at two hundred and forty five k. He's movement six, strength four, agility three plus, passing four plus. He is AV nine plus though, and he's got block guard, loner three plus, so not loner four plus, and tackle. Uh, he plays role world classic again, and his special rule is, is raiding party, uh, which is once per drive. Again, this use of the word drive. Whether whenever Ivor begins his activation, he may choose one open player on his team. Within five squares, the chosen player may immediately move one square, ignored, ignoring tackle zones, though they must end this move marking an, opposi- an opposition player. Now, this, this, this doesn't make sense. And I know the, the guys on uh, Anything But One have kind of highlighted this, because this, this, this rule was released a couple of weeks ago. Because uh, in, order, in order to be open... You can't be in a tackle zone, judging by the definitions of the rule book. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ignoring tackle zones bit is moot. You know, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, yeah. And then, then, then he must end in this move, marking an opposition player. So that that's fine. You know, like I think you could just delete the sentence uh, or the uh, bracketed comment bit, the uh, ignoring tackle zones out of that. Because um, it's not really relevant. Yeah, because if, uh, but that one's quite nice as well. Yeah, you know it's. And I think with that one, with that one being one spare drive, I don't think that's overpowered. Um. Again, it depends because you could use that in a, in a couple of situations. Like on your drive, you could use that uh, as being, um, moving play. So you know when you you've got that step defense kind of uh, columns and stuff, 
moving a player one square forward to engage with that before they to, to allow them to take a hit, hopefully knock that player down, and then use the next player to blitz the next one out of the way, and then you've got a channel to go through. Um, so that that kind of uh, that's that's useful on your drive, but it's also useful on defense where you can then engage a corner of a cage by using it and move and and create a hole for somebody to go straight in. I mean, you could power a yeti through uh, um, into the cage on that on that front or an ulf. You know, I think so. Yeah, if you you're getting that once per drive, like I. I had a look at the rule book and I don't think the word drive, you know, they, they've been helpful and put the uh, um, the index at the back. I don't think drive is in there. Oh, no, hold on. It is 40 to 43. Let's, let's do a live action let's, consultation. Let's do a live this. No, so this 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 works. Uh, uh, this works from what we were saying. Start of a drive sequence. At the beginning of every drive, both coaches run through the following set, sequence of steps: set up, kick off, kick off event. There it goes. Explained very clearly. So we're we're right. You know, I, I think that's uh, that's pretty clear. Um, so like you you could have you have numerous drives. Yep. Uh, there will be at least three drives generally, uh, maybe uh, in most games. So yeah, I, I think I think we're 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 on a good footing with that. Well, with with um, Ericsson's, um raid party ability, it's I still I'm going to stick with my original thought. There is I don't see it as being overpowered. One spare drive, considering that he costs two hundred and forty-five gold pieces. An expensive star player. And forty-five. Yeah, he is pricey. Um, he is a he is a good oh, player yeah, in a, terms of stats. Though. I mean, yeah, the fact he's strength four, um, and he's got guard as well. Yep. Helps. And he's got the extra armor tackle. You could even yeah, you could even use him to uh, to get into the um, into whatever space you've created. You know, it's. Uh, um, I I think I think he's a good one to have. Two four fives pricey, but depends what else you've got again uh, as options. Um I can't remember which. Um like so if you're going down the old world alliance thing sorry, uh, old world classic. I think if you were comparing him against the other equally priced players, I think Griff's not significantly more expensive. I know he went up recently, um, but I think he's still. Um, I think, I think if you didn't have enough for Griff, but you had enough for for Ivar, you would take yeah. Ivar for sure. I think he's a useful player, a very useful player. Yeah. Um. And then the the next the last one out of the new star players is uh, Scrog Snowpelt. Um, so I'm guessing he's just a reskin, really, of um, uh, Ice Pelt Hammerblow, uh, the the Yeti star player from the Living Rulebook sort of uh, era. Um, he's a, a Yeti. 
He's movement five, strength five, agility four plus, no passing stat, AV nine plus. He's got claws, disturbing presence, juggernaut, loner four plus, and he's got mighty blow plus one. Can play for old world classic. And his special rule is pump up the crowd. And once per game, when Scrore causes an opposition player to be removed as a casualty, as the result of a block action, Scrog's controlling coach gains one team reroll. If this team reroll has not been used by the end of the drive, it is lost. Four. Um, I think that one's okay. I mean, the likelihood is he, he will cause a casualty um, at some point. I think he's uh, got that. He's 250k, but if you, if you asked me, would I rather have him or... Ivar for 245, I would say Ivar. Mm, I'd struggle, but that's that's the, the reroll greed in me. It's the it's the additional uh, presence of uh, um, guard and tackle, and I think the I think the raiding party thing is a little bit more useful and. Um, Overall, I mean, the reroll's great, but it's like once per game, and you've only got it for the drive. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think he's bad. You know, like I think, I think it's, um, it would be a hard decision to make, and I think it would very much depend on, again, what you are playing against. Because if you're playing against a high armor team and you've got two yetis, both have got claw, uh, one of them has got mighty blow. And Juggernaut. I think I would probably go down the route of uh, taking Scrog in that instance, maybe. Because um, it, it gives you a little bit more uh, chipping power, I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, like, again, I don't think he's a bad star player. I think the three have all got their uses, and I could see all three of them getting used. Yeah. In all honesty, and we'll have to just watch this space to see if there's an errata to um, just those, you know, once per drive to once per half sort of situations. But, um, yeah, like I can say I, I, I'm I'm not I, I don't think either of the once per drive things are particularly overpowered. As in, I think they're not they're um they're a bit more. They can be mitigated against, like, you pin somebody on Thorson and keep him away, uh, more than three squares away from your cage or your screen or what have mm-hmm. you, and somebody's got to move him, uh, that, that player away, to bring him into play. Um, and then you're then effectively one step ahead of the gate, uh, uh, his, what, he, what he needs to be each turn then. I think, so that's possible. Uh, but again, that's mitigated, easily mitigated against as the the team with him. You know, if you if you're careful. Uh, so I think you, you do. There's still some variables in there that mean that that isn't OP, but it could could be a pain in the arse. And the the one player moving a square thing, I can see that being used. I, I can see, like I said, I've explained which what uh, circumstances I would use that in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> quite happily, you know. I think it's a, it's a good thing to have, but I wouldn't say that was overpowered. I think it's because you've still got stuff to do. Um, 
Yeah, I quite like him. I quite like him. But I think the other thing that we, I think we'll briefly touch on this because we've been uh, we've been prattling on for a wee while uh, about stuff. But um, the, like, like, so you, you're kind of locked into your star player access after you've generated your team because you've chosen whether you're going with old world classic or whether you're going with the uh, favorite of corn or favorite of chaos chaos undivided. And that that gives you your tree of star players that you can use from by the, the, the way I'm reading it. Mm. Um, so that does mean if you go with the the favoured of route, you do get access to like say Glart and Hackflem, who are both quite good. You would lose access to these three new star players. Um, but Hackflem on a Norse team would be quite fun. <laughs> True. Uh, Glart, Glart would be interesting. Uh, but also flip it back round again, uh, back to old world classic. Griff on a Norse team would be phenomenal. Um, I think you've got space for. I think Mighty Zug might not be too bad as well. Um, Carla is even not too bad. So you've got you've got options. You could take Deep Root. Jesus, of course you could. Um, if you had the money as well, yeah. So there's like. I, mean, I know Deep Root's like 280k, but like he's got Mighty Blow plus two. Um, yeah, I think so. I think I would probably go down the route of Old Old World Classic for my team because I think there's there's a lot more choice of flexible players. Um, but I think you could have some fun playing um, Favored of Star Player Access as well. Yeah. And that's what we touched on earlier, is that there's that added flavour with the team now. You're not sort of stuck going down one path, the same as all the other Norse teams, depending on how you want to do it. And it also gives people that hobby um, you know, freedom as well to paint them in slightly different colours, add some conversions of, you know, different chaos gods to them, however it is they want to work it. So, yeah. you know, it's good. These things are good for the hobby. They're good for the good for the game. You know, mixes things up a little bit, but not too far away from what it was before. So, yeah, I, I think Games Workshop have done a good job um, with the North team. Yes, yeah, this this is one. Uh, and this, you know, as much as GW have got their detractors, as much as we've criticised GW over, over times, I think the last two team releases have been good. Like, the Corn team is good. Mm. I like it. It's not changed significantly from uh, what it was either but it's been finessed i i find um and Nor- norse is the same you know i think if if these are um good indicators as to where gw are going to go with the remaining teams of legend teams so your amazons your chaos dwarves your vampires and your uh, tomb kings that that this is a good indicator that they they they've got the their heads screwed on the right direction, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Amazons uh, in particular because they're a team that I feel that that need a little bit of work to become more individual, um, uh, to have something a little bit more to them than uh, than just everybody having dodge, um, and it'd be nice to see something develop a bit more in the uh, the. Chaos Dwarf team as well. Um, 
and then everybody's uh, sort of pressing uh, pressing the, the the panic button as to what will happen with vampires in terms of will animal savagery still be the uh, the, the the thing with them, or will they get their own uh, sort of revert back to their own skill like bloodlust? You know. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where GW go with all those teams. Oh, I missed High Elves as well. We still haven't had them. Um, so yeah, um, exciting days. That's cool. So that kind of leaves us with uh, what our plans are for the next month. Fucking hell, mate. Um, to bolt action world team championship with a fully painted Soviet army. That's all I can do. Yeah, I've uh, I've got NAF championships in two weeks' time, start of May. Um, rosters in for that. Um, I was going to take Norse, uh, but then obviously the, the team was released, and I thought, well, I don't want to play another six games on the pre on the old roster because they've locked in the old yep. roster. Um, so I decided to take Undead instead. So be. Uh, interested to see how we get on with them. Um, what else is there? As far as painting goes, I'm not sure. Um, I might paint the ass cannon. Um, I might do another Blood Bowl team. <clears throat> and I feel like I want to paint either Corn or Skaven if I'm painting a team next. Um, I'll maybe make a crack on one of them. Um, if Hungry Troll released the uh, add-ons for the Norse team, I would uh, I would buy that and paint it, just so I had the team ready to go. My, my plan was already to use Norse in the league next season, um, so I wouldn't mind having the extra positionals for that. Um, good to go from end of June onwards. So, yeah, that's about it for me, though. I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, I'm not playing in any other tournaments um, outside of that um, between now and then. So, yeah, that's me. Um, the other thing, just before we sign off, is I have um, set, up, set myself up to run a tournament for bolt action in August uh, at Common Ground Games in Stirling. And I've called it the Megatron 3000, which entertains me if um, if no one else. But I won't bore anybody with the chat about it just now. Um, but I've sold 19 tickets already, and ticket sales only went up about four days ago. Uh, and I'm still, what, three, four months away from August. So yeah. That's pretty we good, Jay. But we can talk more about that in the future. Um, I'll have to do a bit of work. To um to make sure it's a good one, but you know early first steps are um are good. Are we gonna, are we gonna pull yep. it in on this podcast? Have we done enough? Yeah, I think we've uh, we've reached the natural end. Uh, so yeah, I'm that's happy. Us. You're happy, mate. Right. Talk soon, listeners. Goodbye. Yes. Take it easy.